Hello, all my lovely friends. Thanks for joining me on the Sage Arts Podcast. I'm Sage, one of your co-hosts today. Yeah, we're going to shake things up a bit by adding a guest co-host so you don't have to just listen to me jabbering away. If you're wondering what a guest co-host is, for this podcast at least, it means a fellow creative that's going to sit down with me for a conversation that we hope will both entertain and get you thinking. And apparently my efforts to get you thinking are working already because, yeah, my diabolical plans have taken root. I'm just kidding. They're not diabolical. They're just passionate. I've only had two episodes out to date and I've barely told a soul, but I'm already getting some great feedback. Two people said nearly the same thing, that they love the idea that you can personally define what success means to you, that money isn't the only measure of success, and that, in fact, in both of these cases, they prize the process and the work the most. So they found it affirming and clarifying to hear a discussion about choosing what constitutes success based on their individual assessment and needs and not on what other people judge it by. We'll be talking about the value of process a bit today. So hopefully for those that are in that same mode, we'll be further building on those ideas for you. I want to also note that we'll be hitting on the idea that success is a very personal and varied concept that can be quite different for each of us every time I have a guest, at least once we get rolling in January. We'll ask that question so we can see all the many ways success is measured and found. Today's guest co-host, though, can be strangely hard to pin down. So we'll see if we can get that question in along with the rest of the conversation we plan for today. In just a few minutes, I will be joined by animation artist, director, writer, and my better half, Brett Varon. Brett has been in animation for nearly 25 years, primarily as a storyboard artist and director. He's worked for all the big studios, including Cartoon Network, Disney, Warner Brothers, and at present, he's working for Nickelodeon. He's made major contributions to a lot of really well-known shows like Family Guy, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, which is my personal favorite, um, Chowder, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and Animaniacs. His present project is a SpongeBob spinoff called The Patrick Show. Find that on Hulu if you're interested. But aside from animation, Brett is also a voracious artist. He prefers drawing materials these days as his medium, and he has a sketchbook next to him pretty much wherever he is in the house. He has worked as a gallery-represented oil painter, but these days he prefers to create just whatever makes him happy without even worrying or considering selling his work. So without further preamble, let me call him in here. Brett, would you come join me? Okay, we're going to get him settled in and turn on his mic. It's about to get a little noisier in here and a lot more casual sounding, and I probably won't do quite as much editing. So hopefully you find that um, authentic. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. But hey, you also come in with us here too, in your imagination at least. Come sit down with us and let's talk art. So yes, we have um, in the room today, we have my husband, Brett Varen. And my dog Ember. So if you hear some panting sounds, she wouldn't leave yeah, us that's, alone. That's not me. That's that's Ember. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho's, so we are here today on a pretty decent Saturday afternoon. It's a little cloudy out still, nice and cool. What passes for winter in Southern yeah. California? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is sometimes we have sun and sometimes we don't. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Oh, and it's like in the sixties instead of in the seventies or eighties, but. 
yeah, that's what we've got going on. So it was pretty nice out. And now uh, we, we're sitting down with some tea. I've got some hibiscus honey lemon we got while we were in Maui a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I just had my, my good earth tea, which is hard to compete with. But I know. I don't know if, if some of our listeners are familiar with... Well, that's actually really good. It's really good, right? Mm-hmm. This hibiscus stuff. But the good earth tea is, it's like a childhood thing. When we were growing up in yeah. Westwood Village, we both were raised in West Los Angeles. And that's where we met many, many moons mm-hmm. ago. And the good earth restaurant in Westwood Village would serve this good earth tea. And, but it's super aromatic and it's sweet and spicy is what the actual label is, right? Yeah. And you walk into the restaurant and it would just, it's just like inundated with this cinnamony sweet. Oh my gosh, I love the smell. It's super, super unfortunate for me that I'm allergic to cinnamon now. So I just, I <laughs> buy him the good earth tea so he makes it and I can just sit here and sniff it. Yeah. So I, I introduced the aroma. That's all. You introduced the aroma yeah. to the room. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we were um, getting together today because, well, one, we have all these great conversations like all the time about art and creativity and motivations and, and process and all this kind of thing. But today you brought in a book by Picasso and started explaining to me this one particular quote. So tell us a little bit about this book that yeah, you brought it's, in. It's a book I bought at a bookstore when we were in Santa Cruz. It's called Picasso in His Words. And basically it's things people transcribed of things he said, uh-huh. quotes that he said. Uh, some of them are really interesting as far as, you know, because Sage and I, we talk a lot about process and originality and just being yourself when you draw, not right. making a product so much as doing a process. The things that I'm reading is like, oh, it's not pretentious stuff. You know, hear Picasso now and it's always so like. Highfalutin. You know, like, yeah, oh, <laughs> fine artist and Picasso. But when you read his things he said, it's, I found it super interesting that he really is about the process yeah. of art and not about products. But it wasn't written by him. It wasn't put together by him, right? Yeah, that's my understanding it's of it. It's just yeah. a book that someone he knew, an acquaintance yeah, or just, friend or family. He, he or... always have people around. and Right. So I could read one of these if you want to hear it. You want to yeah, hear it? Yeah, let's, 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 well, read that, <laughs> right, the feels, one you started talking about. I think this is really, you know, on target with what we talk about. It says, so it says, when you begin a picture, you often make some pretty discoveries. As in beautiful. As in beautiful things, mm-hmm. you know, and I've always found like when I do something that's kind of attractive looking, you kind of fall in love with a little bit. Like, oh, right. you don't want to mess with it, you know. But he says just the opposite, which is what I really like. He says, uh, so I'll start over because when you begin a picture, you often make some pretty discoveries. And he says, you must be on guard against these. Destroy the thing. Do it over several times. In each destroying of a beautiful discovery, the artist does not really suppress it, but rather transforms it, condenses it, and makes it more substantial. What comes out in the end is the result of discarded finds. So Picasso made this comment about about not falling in love with the beautiful things you might come up with. Like when, mm-hmm. you, when, I, like when I draw something, if the lines start becoming aesthetically really pleasing, I, I'm making pretty things instead of... Fall in love with those individual characteristics. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want to mess with it or I get really self-conscious because I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to mess yeah. up. But he says just the opposite, to tear those things down mm-hmm. as the first thing you do, which I love that idea. That's great. You know? Yeah. It makes it so not about product, but so much more about a process, a series of discoveries. And so the result is discarded finds. You know, you find something and you go to a next thing and the next thing. 
So it's not so much about what you make, it's about what you don't include. Yeah. So it's, a, it's almost a subtractive method that he's looking at. Like in, in writing, we have, I think it's the same idea. In writing, we have a phrase, kill your darlings. So you, when you fall in love with a phrase or a set of words or a description or passage or whatnot, yeah. and you just can't take it out because you love it so much, even though it doesn't serve the story, right. you're having to ask yourself the question, does this serve the story I'm trying to tell? Does it progress the plot? Does it build the character? Does it you know, at least uh, add atmosphere or texture? And if it doesn't do any of those things, you need to take them out, no matter how much you love them. And a lot of writers have like, a page or file or whatnot that they just cut them out and put in there. So they, they're like removed, but they're not dead <laughs> kind of thing. Kind of save the babies. Save the babies. You love. Yeah. But uh, it's kill your darlings. Yeah. So it sounds like the same thing, because if you fall in love with very particular characteristics of your artwork, then you may lose the overall impression or what it is that you're trying to say, what it is you're trying to present. And yeah. the design could be weaker for keeping those pretty little bits in there. It's putting aesthetics over purpose. And it's looking at the, it's like looking at the, the gems and not the whole piece of jewelry. Yeah. You know, so you put that above serving the whole piece, one individual aspect of it, or a few individual aspects or characteristics of the design end up having everything else built around it, yeah. which I think can be a good thing to pay attention to. But at the same time, if you really fall in love with those things, since I think a fairly common approach to doing art is to share your own aesthetic. So if you really love something, that's great. But then you need to go back and redesign the piece to focus on that aesthetic and present that aesthetic, that thing that you love in a way that you are able to communicate what it is that you love about this to the viewer. I think if you try to make something work based on what you've already done because you've fallen in love with little individual pieces, even though it doesn't work with the rest of the piece, then the piece could suffer suffer from yeah, it. Right, yeah. exactly. It's like we get off track, you know, the priorities are uh, get muddy. Yeah. Uh, because I think approval plays into such a big part of so many artists, like we want to be accepted and acknowledged and recognized and that's no, you know, it's, it's the worst way to approach doing anything, even though we all have to go through that process and like have a relationship with that set of thoughts or those feelings. You take yourself out of them when you acknowledge what you've done in the moment and you think it's precious already. Right. It's a contradiction because we're makers of things. Right. And so if it's pretty great, if it's ugly or if it's poorly, you know, people are going to judge it all over the place. But it's just got to be genuine for wherever you're at that moment. Or if you make a series of things, just keep exploring them and trying to understand them. If it's a procedure mm -hmm. of like trying to please people, uh, people's tastes, you know, there's just transient, you know. But I think they're really, really great to talk about because... I think, you know, in the circles I work in, there's there's a lot of, you know, professional, like, climbing the ladder and competition, sure, and sure. people yeah. can become part of the equation when it comes to doing your actual creative, you know, work. And here in this conversation, that's the idea, is to talk more about what is genuinely a clean experience, you know, when it comes to exercising that part of your mind that's creative. Not about making products is what I would say, but some people look at it differently. It is about yeah. making products, and they're made. They made a creative thing, and here's the proof. But to me, it's it's more of a, a discovery of things you haven't seen or things that you you don't know what they're going to be. 
Well, I think it's important to recognize whether you are making a product or whether your exploration and the curiosity is at the core of your creativity, at the core of of making a piece of art. But if you think in terms of products, it's very hard to get away from that. If you're a selling artist, you are being told you need to make stuff for a particular market. You need to pay attention to the trends. You need to look at the popular colors right now. And what does your audience want to see? What price points do they want to see? How big or small can they be? And those are all product-oriented choices and decisions. And if you're focused on those things, do you get away from actually making artwork and just start making products? And I think it can be both. There's there's no reason there, it can't be both, but it's just a matter of being vigilant that you a good point. notice yeah. when you are making things according to what external forces or ideas want or present versus what it is that you want to be making and what you want to share and the explorations that you want to do as an individual because art isn't just about making a thing. It is about the process that you go through as an individual to discover things about yourself and about the world around you and about how you see it. In writing, it's very much the same thing. You write a story because you have a curiosity or interest in the story, but in the process, you discover a lot of things about what you believe or what you think or how you see people or how you see the interactions of people and your judgments. And although art is not as literal in that the communication of what you think can be very straightforward in the written word, but in art can be a lot more subtle and often is a lot more fed by what the viewer sees. And and so someone who sees your artwork may not see what you saw in it because they put themselves in it a lot more than they might do into a story. Although in, in both cases, the viewer, the reader will put themselves in and that's how they interpret what they're experiencing through your artwork or your writing. Yeah, yeah. I guess we have to decide every one of us as artists, like, what do we do naturally? What is our inclination? You know, do we want to sit and do inquiry kind of art, wonder and and do and redo and try to understand things better by doing them? Or or do we set out to paint a pony and make that the best pony that you've ever seen? Right. And that feeds into the idea of authenticity, right? Are you doing that because you are digging down and finding those things in yourself? Or are you doing it because you know everybody likes ponies and you know you can sell a picture of a pony, so you're going to paint a picture of a pony because you need to make some money and pay your bills, which, you know, it's that's also valid because, you know, your intention may simply be that you want to make a living doing something that you enjoy the process of. But then I think if you aren't going through the process of exploration, like if you define your own type of pony and what you think a pony should be and what you want people to see in a pony, then that's artistic. That's an artistic approach. If you paint a pony because you've seen all these other people paint these particular types of ponies that look like my little ponies or whatever, you know, then you make them look like my little ponies in order to sell them, but you're not exploring the idea for yourself. You're making a product. And then we're we're going back to the conversation about making a product. Yeah. But I think it's part of our communication with each other. If we're going to talk about the types of art that someone is doing or artistic efforts, when you're talking about artistic efforts, if there is no exploration, I don't think it's an artistic effort at that point. I think it's a craft and you are crafting something. You have a honed skill to be able to do something like that, to be able to take something that's already out there and reproduce it. Because like Warhol, for instance, he hired people to reproduce these things or take his design and just do it in a different color or whatnot. But at that point, those people aren't 
artists. They're not making any of the design decisions. They're not doing any kind of exploration to determine what it should be. They're following directions. They're following directions. So then they're a craftsperson. They can be an artisan. They can be extremely talented, but isn't an artistic endeavor if the exploration isn't part of the process. That's a good question. Yeah. So um, why don't you read us a couple more from that book? Um, What else is Picasso saying? Here's some some shorter ones. Like this, this is a good one. It also ties in what we're talking about. It says, uh, painting is stronger than I am. It makes me do what it wants. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Isn't that great? It's right to the point. Well, you know. I think it's it's kind of a surrendering to the work. So it's like <laughs> it's like you have almost personified art. Like it has its own oh own intention and its own it's drive own, and its own it's its own being own life its own being yeah and if you do that and i and i think a lot of people do that in various types of art and in writing and whatnot that you think oh this thing is taking me for a ride <laughs> you know my artwork has decided it's going to do this and it's going to go here and it's like i didn't want it to be purple and all of a sudden it was purple it's like why you know and i love that idea but of course it, it's us it's our whether it's our unconscious or our experiences coming to the surface that push those things to be that way. I like how that externalizes it. We can see the magic of the process yeah, and not just be like, oh, well, that's just me and my unconsciousness is doing this. But it is a magical process. And I love that. I never want to lose that sense of, of awe. Wonder. And the magic and, and the wonder, yeah. I'm curious about working, it. Working with um, visual arts and, or any kind of creative endeavor. There's a measure of being an observer as you are a doer as well. So Isn't you're kind incredible? of in a way being a in a way a follower. You're you're following something that feels right, you, you, but you can't define yeah. why you're doing that. And uh, I think that inclination is what makes us artists to a degree. And and I think that would be something interesting to explore in terms of authenticity, because if you do let it run off by itself then you are really tapping into more unconscious or deeper inclinations within yourself. So does that represent the authentic side of you when you let it run, when you let it go do its own thing? You know, when you're not questioning and judging and measuring. Yeah, the the, the critic, the editor, you know, these are all functions of our mind. And, you know, artists want to do something and want to share it for the most part. But the truth is when we're in the moment of doing our art, that's the satisfaction and that's the reward in and of itself, not the results of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's true for everyone that the process is a reward for them, but I hope everybody finds something in the process that is rewarding and gives them joy. I think if it doesn't, then it's, it may be time for them to reexamine what they're doing and why they're doing it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So on that note, I think maybe we can talk about that a bit more in the future, but maybe right now we keep this one short because I really don't know how this is going to come out. (laughs) This is the first time we've done this. (laughs) Okay. And then one last thing before you go, I want to ask all my guests and you are a guest of sorts. You're going to co-host here and there, but yeah, it's weird um, to hear that, but yeah, I guess I am. (laughs) (laughs) You're a guest in your own house. Yeah. So one thing I like to ask everybody, how do you measure success? What is your version of success, artistically speaking? There's a few, I suppose, but mainly follow your bliss, you know? Just follow yeah. your bliss. Nice, yeah. nice broad. <laughs> let's, let's, I was going to ask you vague, more. But <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's good. I think it's good to have a nice broad answer because then we can talk about that more. Yeah. Yeah. In, in future. I could definitely say a lot about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And, uh, 
Would you join me again? Cool. Yes. <laughs> no, actually, I won't. That's oh, I've changed my mind. No. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I will. Yeah. This will be great. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, we do this all the time, and yeah, half the time I'm like, I wish we had this on like tape. Yeah, record <laughs> I'm just gonna, it. I can just whip out a microphone anytime we start talking. That would be so awesome. And now we do. <laughs> sort this of. Is, yeah. Sort yeah, of. but I gotta grab you and pull you back. I know. In front gotta, of the microphones. <laughs> yeah. Figure it all out, and then like, okay, go. Hold on to the thought. <laughs> So anyways, great. Well, thanks so much. And for those of you listening, if you have thoughts or comments or feedback, um, your own stories, I would love to hear them. You can reach out to me by email at thesagearts at gmail.com, or you can go to the website, www.thesagearts.com. Use the contact page there to write me or click on the red button that's in the bottom right corner. You can use that to leave me a voice message. You can also reach out to me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Sage Arts Podcast. That's all one word or the same thing on Instagram. So it's instagram.com forward slash the Sage Arts Podcast. If you like what you've heard so far and you want to help me with the expenses of putting this podcast together, I do have a buy me a coffee page at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Sage Arts where you can make a, a one-time contribution. So. That is it for this time. I'm sorry. This should have been out on Monday. It's now Friday because we had some technical difficulties. I'm still in the learning phase, but I appreciate your patience with me. Should have one more podcast out next week before the start of the year. And then we'll really get going come January 6th with my interview with Christy Friesen. So thank you for joining me. I look forward to having you next time on the Sage Arts Podcast.